Hey guys, welcome to the Fuel Your Soul podcast. I'm your host, Madison Burles. In my small corner of the internet, we will be chatting about the aspects of your fitness journey that can either help or hurt you on the road to becoming your strongest, healthiest, and most powerful self. I've made it my mission as a coach and trainer to help others create the blueprint for their health and fitness goals that saves them time and frustration and gives them the most power. If you're looking to level up in your journey with functional and sustainable change, then you're in the right place. Right, so today we have a special guest. I'm excited to bring on a friend that I've made through the online coaching space. We actually shared a mentor last year, and he just brings a refreshing perspective to fitness coaching that I think goes a little bit underappreciated. Um, Charlie is my go to guy for that, like, no BS, tell me what I need to hear to get shit done and reach my goals kind of vibe. So I'll let him introduce himself a little bit more. Uh, Charlie, why don't you tell these guys what brought you to the coaching space when you first started, um, what your mission is today, and then we will go into a couple of topics that I want to talk about today. Hey, everyone. My name is Charlie. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist. I've been a coach since 2016 after I graduated from Kent State University with a bachelor's in exercise science. And I'm really into coaching for a couple of different reasons. Number one, it's really the only thing that I am passionate about. It's the only thing that wakes me up in the morning and gives me drive to go through the day. Um, I also have a passion for fitness because growing up, I never had the body that I admired or dreamed of having. And I never knew the approach required to get that body. So, you know, through team sports and individual sports like wrestling, when I would line up across an opponent that was muscular or had a good physique, I was always like, how did they do it? Like, I wish that was me. I wish I had bigger arms. I wish I had a six pack. And growing up, you didn't know what the hell to do. You would look at the bodybuilding magazines or you'd watch the movies and just have an immense, like I would have an immense interest in how it was done but never knew how to do it. And, you know, long story short, when I got to college, I heard about the degree of exercise science and a job opportunity in corporate wellness where you could work for a massive corporation like Ford or Verizon or some other large company that would hire a fitness professional like myself to create wellness programs for the employees. And they would cover a lot of your living expenses like your gas, your rent, maybe a food stipend, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, how cool would it be to, you know, be a trainer for a large company like this and have a lot of my expenses paid for while still making a decent amount of money? Hell yeah, that would be sick. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So then that's when I really started getting into fitness. Sophomore year of college, I would go to the rec center. It started out with a lot of running and, and ab exercises, eating more vegetables, you know, just trying to, see what worked and i would spend a lot of my evenings after class or after homework scrolling through bodybuilding.com and you know there's some bro science in there but there was some you know information that i was able to apply the next day and see if it was going to work for me or not and over the course of maybe one to two years of trial and error with bro science and other things i started to build muscle lose body fat achieve the physique that I've always dreamt of having. And now that I have the approach that I deem 
the the way or the right way i like to share that with everyone else because there is so much misinformation quick fixes and you know bullshit out there and you know one of my real passions you know the more that i work as a fitness coach the more that i feel like i'm niching down what i'm interested in and um i'm coming around to the idea that i like really helping women achieve body weight strength because a lot of women struggle with pull-ups and push-ups i love helping them achieve that like they feel so strong and capable and like able to do a lot more with their body when they're able to do pull-ups and push-ups but also help them achieve body recomposition without the shitty diets or restrictive diets that fucks up their hormones or their internal health. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at today. So 2016 until now, which puts me at about seven, almost eight years of coaching. I love that. Wow. That's actually a story I had never heard before. And I don't know, we have never talked about kind of where we came from. Um, but that's nice. I love that. All right, so today I want to talk about, you know, me and Charlie were having a conversation a couple weeks ago. We get together once a week to just bang out some client work together. It's nice as an entrepreneur to have a friend once, at least once a week online. It keeps things interesting, more entertaining. But we were talking about a concept that seems to trip people up when it comes to making their goals a reality and like following through and actually reaching said goals, not just you know, writing them out, putting in the effort and never actually getting there. So we're talking about consistency people. And when we were chatting a little while back, Charlie said something that immediately kind of hooked my attention. And I was like, shit, we got to make a podcast about that. He said, are you being consistent with the right blueprint? And I think this is just so epic because it's something that I never personally thought about when I was younger. I just thought that like, you know, no matter what I'm doing, I have to be consistent with it and I will get to my goals. But I never considered if it was the right, you know, program or routine for me. So I kind of forget how we got to that point. But what's your take on this? I know you were also just like banging at this on your Instagram story yesterday. And I'm like, save it for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So consistency, I think there's two parts to this. Number one, you know, I understand that it's very hard to decipher what information is valid and what's not. That's a part of just taking action, messy action, using trial and error and seeing what works for you. Because what you enjoy may not be the same as what the next person enjoys. So ultimately you have to find an approach that you love and that you can realistically sustain for like 10 years. Because health, wellness, fitness, proper eating and nutrition is a lifelong thing. So if you can't do it for a week, you know, don't expect to do it for a year or 10 years. So you have to, number one, enjoy the process and enjoy the journey and understand that it's gonna take you, you're gonna be doing this for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And then number two, I think people aren't consistent because they are not bought in to the process. You know, maybe they're, they've tried so many different things before and they have a record or a track history of failing and they don't see this new approach as any different. They're just seeing it as a way to lose the 15 pounds in two weeks to get ready for the girls trip, right? Mm -hmm. 
they they don't see it as like something they're going to be able to sustain and do for the rest of their life. They just see it as like a quick fix to get themselves ready for a wedding or a vacation, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and it just ties back into the what I said before, where you need to find an approach that you're going to be able to enjoy and do for the rest of your life. And that's not to say that your your journey or your approach is going to change or pivot into something else. But ultimately, you just got to start and know that perfectionism is, you know, it's like a false ideology. Nothing in life is perfect. Neither will your transformation. But you got to remember that the consistency of just showing up every day, every week, week after week is what will eventually teach you what works for yourself. And the last thing I'll throw on top of that, I think people start and stop or they can't stay consistent with things because they haven't experienced enough pain yet. Ooh. Like a lot of times. Charlie's all about pain, guys, just so you know. Like, <laughs> a lot of times people are not ready to change because they just haven't experienced enough discomfort or enough pain. Yeah. And unfortunately, in today's world, we have things really easy and we live a pretty comfortable life in our four walls of a, of a house. We got food that easily is down the street at the grocery store. We can easily flip the light switch on. We can easily turn the water faucet on and get water. Like things are just too easy. Yeah. And we expect the same with our transformation. We expect that it's just an, uh, it's just going to be easy to drop the 20 pounds or the 30 pounds. And it's the furthest from the truth. It's one of the hardest things I think you'll do. Mm-hmm. But once you get that on lock, I think everything else in life becomes a little bit easier. Hell yeah. I agree because I feel like, I mean, we know by now after going through this with ourselves for more than 10 years that the aspects that we, you know, practice and preach in our fitness journey overlap into so many other aspects of our lives. You know, that discipline, that perseverance, that setting goals, you know, short term and long term, these are all things that you can apply to any, you know, business, personal relationships, all of that. And it's going to help everything. But I like what you said about the pain. And I think, I think that you have to reach a low point that is so low that you never want to be there again. And I don't know if everybody experiences that, but you have to get a kind of like an image and a feeling and all your senses have to be involved in that space to be quote, you know, motivated to just never be there again and to want better for yourself and to actually act on it. And I feel like some people, like you said, we have it too easy. We know there's always going to be something to distract us. And distraction is big when it comes to like getting out of that like low point. We can always pick up our phone and pretend we're not there. (laughs) That's such a good point. Um, Like a lot of us are in pain and a lot of us are uncomfortable, but we don't really recognize it because we're just constantly distracting ourselves with technology, recreational drugs or food, et cetera. So that's, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, And then another thing I heard on another podcast earlier this week, which was interesting. um, These two guys kind of dish it out. They're more of like your vibe, like a no bullshit kind of, you know, tell me how it is. Like it's, black and white, whatever. But they were talking about how a lot of coaches these days, um, you know, give themselves too much grace or they tell, or they give their clients too much grace. And they're like, 
the whole concept of sustainability is a foundation in my own coaching practice because, and it, for every coach, like you need to, you need to find what works for you. That's the most important thing. But these guys were talking about like, oh, well, if you can do it for one day, you can do it for 10 and then you can do it for a hundred and then you can do it for a thousand. And they think that, I think they were kind of taken on the perspective that we give we give ourselves too many uh, excuses and like we're, we're just a little bit too easy on ourselves when it comes to like some things you can't replace, like the hard shit, like sticking to a deficit or getting in two workouts for like 75 hard. That's not like a long-term thing, but it's just like an example. And I want to know your take on that because I'm big on sustainability and I know you are too, to a certain extent, but this whole concept, like if you can do it for one day, you can do it for two and then you can do it for 10, et cetera. Yeah, I think a large piece of that is mindset. And I'm starting to learn that like most transformations or getting the body you want is actually mental. Like if the mind governs the body and you want to change the way your body looks, that means you're going to have to take control of your mind. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times your body can achieve a lot more, but your mind quits. Like yeah. Say you're doing a set of push-ups or s squats and your body can get probably three to five more reps, but your mind is telling you to quit. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is that a lot of times you can achieve a lot more, you know, in your physique or your lifestyle if you get your mental right. Like if you can wrap your head around, I can do this or this is achievable yep. or this is normal then your body will follow. But a lot of times our mental or our, our mindset is limited by what we have grown up with, whether it's the limiting beliefs that we've heard from our parents or the people that we surround ourselves with, their mindset hasn't expanded to like, I can achieve this, I can do this. But, you know, I can give a great, um, maybe experience in my own personal life I went from hating running, like hating running with a passion <laughs> that I would avoid it at all costs. Same. <laughs> because growing up, it was a form of punishment. Oh. Right? Like in team sports, it yes. was conditioning. Or if you, you know, were dicking around with your friends in the huddle, like you got on the 50 yard line and ran sprints. Or Truth. in wrestling, you ran because you needed to cut weight super quickly for the meet at the end of the week, right? So running in my mind was always a form of punishment or a means to condition or lose weight. But now that I'm doing this half marathon training, I'm running because I can, because I want to, and I wanna see what my body can do. And it's not that I never could run, it's just a change in my mindset. And, you know, going from no running at all to signing up for a half marathon and running five days a week, that was something that I never thought of or that my mind, I could never wrap my mind around beforehand, but now it's just something I've been doing for the last 10 weeks. Hell yeah, I love that. And I don't know why that didn't, I didn't think of that immediately, but yeah, it's all about what our, how we are communicating to ourselves in our head. But I wanna talk about, you know, obviously the saying mind over matter, I don't get why it's mind over matter when it's our body that can do more, but it's our mind that like stops us. Can you like bring me through this? 
Um, <laughs> kind of like a, a, a deeper question that I'd have to like think about for a second. Yeah. Mind over matter. I just don't get why that's saying it should be like body over mind. <laughs> like it should be matter over mind because like that. Yeah. I always, if I'm not paying attention, like if I'm not counting my reps, I will go so much further. <laughs> yeah. It's basically just, I, I think it's the mind over matter. Like, I don't think it should be inversed or flipped. But if it's our bot, if it's our mind, that's telling us to stop. Then why is it? I don't know. I don't know why this confuses me. Whatever. Um, but uh, going off of that, when we were forced to do like home workouts in COVID and like, I didn't have a, a lot of equipment. Like, I didn't have my home gym. Like, freaking, you guys should see Charlie's home gym. He's got this garage that just has everything you need. He's got the rack. He's got the, you know, pull-up rings and everything in between. And during COVID, I had maybe, like, a 30-pound kettlebell, some two 10-pound <laughs> dumbbells, and, like, a yoga mat. And so I had to get creative. And I was doing high rep everything. Like, I was going back to bodyweight movements and just doing them until I couldn't. And I really had to push past any sort of rep range I had done in the gym, obviously, because I had I didn't have the heavy weight. So I was like, all right, the only, you know, one of the main modes of increasing my intensity right now is by increasing my training volume. So reps and sets. And so I blow past like whatever, 50 air squats. And I got to thinking, I'm like, damn, like, even if I was just warming up in the gym, I wouldn't think that I could bang out this many squats. I don't know why. It's just like a perceived limit I had in my head. But when COVID forced me to get creative and just do very like high volume workouts at home, I'm like, wow, like I can do way more push-ups than I thought. Like I can do way more tricep dips on a bench. And so I feel like that was actually one of my most fit times because I was doing all these bodyweight workouts that Charlie loves. <laughs> and they had me looking great and then like I don't know like what do you what's your perspective on that because I feel like you know the aesthetic benefit of lifting weights and doing bodyweight exercises is very different so what's your take yeah so we'll just kind of circle back to like the beginning of like my bodyweight journey and yeah. like my interest in getting there it actually started maybe two months before COVID hit and I just got lucky that I took an interest in calisthenics and body weight movement and, you know, just, just took that interest before COVID hit because I had already canceled my gym membership, bought a pull-up bar, bought some dip bars and made a little section in my living room at my apartment at the time into this little workout section. Wait, before COVID? And before COVID. Oh, wow. What, what uncanny timing. I, I, just, I don't know. I just got, I got lucky. <laughs> And then COVID came and then you know, no gyms got ever. put down and nothing had to change for me. Like I was already like, I'm already doing body weight. I'm already doing calisthenics yeah. and it just, it worked out for me. And I've kind of been doing it ever since. And to your question, I don't have any scientific evidence or research to back this up, but there is something about body weight and calisthenics that gives a different muscular or different muscularity to your physique than lifting weights. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but if you look at like someone that does gymnastics or someone that does 
calisthenics for very many years as opposed to someone that lifts weights. It's just different. But I think the reason being is because you are incentivized in body weight and calisthenics to have a lighter body weight or lower body fat because it makes the movements easier. And in weightlifting, you can move more weight if you weigh more yourself. That's why some of the strong men or power lifters are like some of the heaviest, biggest people out there because mass moves mass. That is so interesting and true. Yeah. So in calisthenics, because you're moving your body weight, you're incentivized by weighing less and being leaner, which if you're still training for strength in calisthenics, but you also have a very low body fat, you know, just enough to get by and be healthy then you're going to see all the muscles. You're going to see all the definition. You're going to be super ripped up and you're going to really see what a physique can look like. But it really comes down to like what your preference is, you know, whether you want to chase absolute strength through weightlifting or you would rather have relative strength through body weight training. But I think there needs to be some balance or incorporation of both in your training plan. I tend to go through seasons of wanting to be really strong, with weights and then wanting to be really strong and functional with my body. And right now, you know, at this season of my life, I've really put a lot of focus into the body weight training because for the first, um, let's see, for the first like six years of my training journey or experience, it was all lifting weights, like deadlifting, squatting, benching, moving heavy loads. And now that, you know, I feel somewhat accomplished in that, area of fitness, I have a lot of work to do with body weight control and body weight strength. So that's kind of why I'm in this phase of just really enjoying all the progress and results from body weight training. Yeah. I mean, it's really humbling to go from like pushing around 300 pounds to, you know, trying to do a pike push up or whatever the fuck you be doing. Like, you're like, oh shit, this is different and it's only my body weight and it's hard, but like I can move 300 pounds. Yeah, I think it's a different it's a different strength. It's it's truly it's a different beast. But, you know, you accomplish some aspect, some aspect of both. And you're going to be a really well-rounded athlete or strength. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of sport. I think like that whole like with cat with calisthenics, like athleticism wise, that's more of like the athlete figure, you know, like you more with doing those like body weight movements you have to be able to run to you know i'm just thinking of like runners and soccer players and volleyball players especially you have to be able to move your body quick um in different positions and changing forms and directions and all of that and obviously a lighter leaner stronger more stable body is preferable for those sports and like you said with the strong men that's actually so true and being able to push around a lot of weight requires a lot of weight yourself. That's just basic yeah. physics. So I think it'll come down to what your goal is and maybe what your sport of interest is. You know, if you're like a MMA fighter or um, a runner, it might be more beneficial to do something in calisthenics or body weight. You know what I mean? Just to yeah. have more strength through your own body. But, you know, if you want to, if you're a, a lineman, you're a football player then it's going to make sense to move external loads and be explosive with barbells and such so you can be explosive with your opponent yep i agree i've been getting into the more 
athlete like training recently and I'm more interested in being more capable with body weight movements like push-ups and I'm also getting back into running slowly but surely as my body lets me <laughs> getting back into running at the age of 26 oh at my old age but seriously compared to like when I was 16 shit hits different like I know we've been chatting kind of on Instagram with things here and there but I after you know however many years since I was 16 of lifting you know pretty consistently through college and after college and all of that I hadn't really run like consistently since then but now I'm trying to get into it it's really good for I like it I love the mental aspect honestly I can listen to a podcast and run forever and uh, for my dog too it's just such great exercise but the pushback from like you know tight calves tight hammies tight quads you know this is all like really given me a wake-up call to paying more attention to the muscles that I'm using not only in running but just standing all day you know whether I'm training or at my desk or sitting for half the day at my desk you really do um, start to become aware of all the muscles that are tight and what your default position is like what your default posture is that's only going to be like accentuated while you're running and while you're lifting too if you're not super mindful of it um but I like it so far. I mean, so far so good. I actually had a really good run, I think it was or two days ago. And it was the first run where I felt like I could have kept going and nothing was like screaming at me to stop. But I'm like, we're not going to push it too far. We're just going to, I'm going to mark this as a win for myself today because I yeah. always blow past that. I'm always like, oh, I feel good. Let's go for five when I haven't run more than like two and a half recently. And like my endurance could, but like I'm still getting my body like up to speed. Yeah. I felt like a imposter personal trainer fitness person that like talked about being fit and healthy but like didn't run like i feel like Ooh. running is one of the most human things that we can do yeah like if you can't run a mile like at any given moment like i think that's a problem just like <laughs> if you can't squat you know your body weight or get to squat depth 90 degrees at least Hell then yeah. there's a problem right so i just had to like accept it I wasn't doing all all of the things like a a real fitness person or fitness enthusiast should be doing. And to the point you made, like you were getting pushback from your body or biofeedback, like the, you know, the tightness, stiffness or discomfort that I was feeling at the beginning of my running training, I took as feedback as like, what's, what's in balance in my body, you know, like when I ran it, like I would have different areas of my body, like tighten up or be super uncomfortable after a run that weren't symmetrical from side to side. Same. Yeah. Yeah. So that told me like right off the bat that I have asymmetries. Like I've been neglecting certain areas of my body in training for the longest time. I've just been trained for aesthetics and the way that I look and I need to incorporate some aspect of functionality back into my routine so I can be a well-rounded fitness coach or fitness enthusiast that doesn't just look good, but like can also do things that require some level of fitness. (laughs) And I don't care who the fuck you are. (laughs) Oh shit, here we go. (laughs) I don't care who you are. Like you should be able to run a mile. Yeah. 
you should you should be able to look good and be strong but like you should also be able to run a mile like what the fuck is the point to have all this muscle but you get out of breath after walking up a flight of stairs yeah you know and if I mean? it hurts that bad we might need to address that like if running i know some girls i know and women they're like it's just so uncomfortable it's like okay maybe we need to dive into like why it's so uncomfortable because that's not good yes. yeah <laughs> that's is- like a huge learning curve for me when i first started training for this marathon is that because running was always a punishment, when I got into it, I was like, okay, I don't, this isn't punishment. Like you don't need to sprint. There's no time. Like you're just doing this for fun. So relax, just <laughs> run at a comfortable pace. If the if the program says this is recovery run, then don't run fast, just use it as recovery. And if that means you're running a 10 minute mile, then fine. Like that's not the purpose of this run. And like when people get into running, or try to get into fitness. Of course, we have this extremist mentality that you know more is better. The faster I run, the more I'm going to yes. burn calories, the more that I'm going to sweat. Yep. But you know, I can go full circle here and go back to the first question about consistency. Consistency is going to take you a lot further than intensity. Ooh. <laughs> if you can just be consistent with like 80% effort for 10 years. It's going to get you way further than being intense 100% for a couple weeks and then stopping for a month and then getting back on at 100% for another two weeks and then quitting again. It just be consistent at like 80% rather than very intense at 100% for a shorter time. Yep, absolutely. I love that. Consistency Uh, over intensity. Yep. Um, When you were talking about, when you were referring back to sports with running, I will never forget the feeling I would get when my volleyball coach would say, all right, on the line, <laughs> literally shit myself. Instant butterflies as you know you're about to suffer. Oh my God. We would do, it was called three sets of 10 and we'd be on the outer edges. We're running in between the sidelines of a volleyball court, like back and forth 10 times, three sets of those for like what? Someone like missed their serve or something. But that, I mean, I think with all, with our relationship, with all things fitness, health, diet, foods, all of this, we really do have to take time, and this is what I, I like to say that we you know we both do as coaches that not everyone does. You have to take the time to learn you know what our clients have been through, what their relationship with fitness and running and food and what all that has been in the past, because that might be the very reason, the rooted reason that they do or don't like it today you know like what is their relationship with those things today just like you explained with your relationship with running it was always ingrained in you as a punishment and like that's I never really thought about it like that before but absolutely and it was for me too in sports and I think there's this whole idea around like running that it sucks and like only you know crazy people do it it's like no it's a very basic thing that we should all be able to do comfortably because it brings us back to our roots, you know? Like, we used to have to literally run to survive, and we have become so far removed from that. And yeah. Charlie's actually, like, likes to live like a Neanderthal, everybody. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised he has this take on it, but I also can see the value in it just being able to run because that's our basic fight or flight right there, except it's yeah. fight or run. <laughs> Yeah, so let's let's dive into like the Neanderthal, like back to our roots and stuff. Yeah, please. A recent discovery, a recent discovery for me. Oh, I thought you were gonna say with Neanderthals. 
No, recent discovery in my running training is that I feel way better during a run when I'm like either like, fasted or haven't eaten much food at all. I thought you were going to say barefoot. I'm like, don't get me started. <laughs> or barefoot. Like, I, you know, I like to run in my barefoot shoes. But yes, I, I agree, it. though. I was thinking about it. And then it then it hit me like, well, you know, back in the day, I hate using the word ancestors because people like Carnivore MD have just totally tainted the word, you know, an- ancestral living or like, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, if you think back to, I guess, our ancestors, when they would go to hunt, they were hunting on an empty stomach. They were they were chasing they were prey. Starving. They were hunting. <laughs> on on an empty stomach so you're like you have an increased level of focus like you're just you feel so sharp and so light and just lasered in on that run and it's almost like sometimes it can be almost spiritual because you have no obstructions or anything in your stomach and you know depending on if you're listening to music or a podcast or if you're just quiet you can like really get some deep shit done when you're running, I don't, yeah. I find that I, I can't achieve that same level of focus and like mental and you know, like emotional, like Clarity. ability to work through my, my own thoughts yeah. when I'm strength training because I'm focused on moving the weight or proper form or counting my reps or whatever. Yeah. Like running on an empty stomach, like alone in the woods <clears throat> or on a trail is like, it's, it's pretty, it can get pretty deep. And that's what I've loved about it so far. Yeah. Um, I actually agree. And I just realized that when I do run, I just run immediately when I wake up because it gets hot in here and, uh, San Diego by, by like 11am, it can feel a little bit hot. So I go and it's a little bit shadier with Leica and I'm always on an empty stomach and I never really, like, I never received biofeedback from my body that I was like starving or I couldn't go because I was hungry. You know, like I think not having those digestive influences definitely does, create space for your body to actually do more um unless you're running like a freaking half marathon or something crazy like that but if you're going like three to six miles like or i don't know what's your take is there like a a certain length that you'll keep you'll cap it off if you haven't eaten again i think that comes down to like what we've been told like who knows what the human limit is like who knows how far we can run before we like actually need fuel like of course you're gonna have some, you're gonna have some diminishing returns in performance if you're not properly fueled and your previous day of nutrition was subpar. But like, I've actually right. been thinking about that myself, like testing that myself, like a lot of runners rely on electrolytes and gels and, you know, Ensura run supplements. And I've tried to go this entire program without anything yet. Yeah. Now of course, I'm training for only a half marathon, which it's not the longest distance ever, but like, my longest run was nine miles on Sunday and I, you know, just a normal day of eating. I didn't prepare in any special way. I just kind of went out and ran nine miles. And, you know, of course, like once you get, I don't know, halfway through three quarters of the way through, you can definitely start to feel that you're kind of running out of energy, but that's largely mental. Like of course it's largely a mental challenge when you've never ran that far, never ran that much volume to just push. But like again, did our fucking ancestors have these fucking gels and did they have these electrolytes when they no, were? No, they had hunting? a salt rock that they carried. The fucking thing here, Maddie, is that not every hunt was successful. Ooh. So they fucking run for however long or however far with no get, breakfast. 
And then sometimes they never even got, they never even were successful in their hunt. So they're going on, you know, 24 or 48 hours of no food and it's normal. But now like some people can't go a few fucking hours without getting all grumpy and irritated because they're fucking hangry. And it's like pretty pathetic. Hey, listen, I'm a hangry girl. My stomach is literally currently growling. I have not eaten breakfast yet. No, you're fine. You're fine. (laughs) But I think that it is totally mental. And I'm just wondering about all these marathons. I mean, I don't know. I mean, running marathons, like 26.2 miles, I don't think that's necessarily great for our bodies, but I also think that, like, a lot of, like, the whole, I mean, when it's that long, I can't really, I don't really have anything to say. I don't have perspective on it because I haven't done that myself. But when it's shorter runs, you know, maybe, like, a half marathon or less, it is totally just, like, a mental game. And, like, if our, if our like, little gummy of electrolytes is what's going to get us through, then do it. But, like, I think it all comes down to the power that you have inside of you and, and how you view it and what you tell yourself. Our our language with ourself is so important and with yeah. running especially. And um, going back to what you said about being able to think more and get more done, be having more um, like a mentally productive run versus like a mentally productive lift. I think it's just such a good, because I agree, it's such like a monotonous, just like autopilot movement that it's great that we can expel like physical energy and like use physical energy while giving our mind the space to do whatever it needs to do. Cause I think like for me, I'm a very physical learner and especially when it comes to like relaxing or like, you know, grounding myself, like guided meditations are great, but honestly yoga is better because I'm physically involved. And like, if my body is doing something, I get more relaxed in my mental. Yeah, yeah, 100%. The only reason I do yoga is for the, I forget the word they use, is the asana or something at the very end when, you, when you're finally done. Shavasana? Shavasana, yeah, that. That's the only reason I do yoga is for that last like Oh my five God, it's so good. Just pure bliss. I love it. It never lasts long enough. I have a question. Yep. Um, so now I forget it. Motherfuck- yeah. yeah, I lost it. Oh, it's gone forever. Well, hopefully it comes back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that on my runs and that's why I also like, honestly, I don't like listening to music anymore on my runs, depending on what I need, what I need that day. You know, like if I need someone screaming in my ear, some like hardcore rap music, then maybe that's that. But I like listening to podcasts because I like, I like taking, I like viewing it as more of like a long term. Cause if I'm listening to music, I'm like, okay, let's get this shit done. And like sometimes I'll feel that way with my lifts if I if I if it's that kind of day where I just need to like check the box and I need to show up and do it anyways even if I'm not really feeling it I'll listen to music because that's the that'll give me the mood I need but I like the podcast because it's like oh, okay like we're just I can maintain it's like I like knowing that I can maintain this run and I can continue running for the length yeah. of a podcast or whatever I don't know that just makes me feel good compared to listening to music yeah. I, um, something that's been helpful for me is just, it depends on what the goal is of the run. Like if it's a speed run or if it's a long distance run, but for instance, if I'm doing a speed run, like if you look at your stats on like Strava or Nike run club, it'll kind of tell you your pace or your cadence. Yeah. And like my speed runs, my cadence is usually like 160 to 170. And you know, those speed runs, it takes a little bit more effort physically, mentally. 
Yep. And I've found that if I put if I find a playlist on Spotify at 160 to 170 beats per minute, like a, a, a song that has beats per minute that matches my cadence, like it really helps you get in a flow and feel you just like you're like in sync with the song and Wait, you feel fucking great. They have those? Like you can look that up on Spotify? Yeah. Oh yeah. shit. You're like just type in like I don't know what your cadence is, but like maybe yours is like around 150. If you listen to hip hop, you run type in like 150 beats per minute hip hop running music, and like you you'll get a couple options that pop up, and that's super helpful. But it works against you if you're trying to run a, a slow pace run. Like if you're right. trying to slow your pace down intentionally, then yeah. like you don't want to listen to something fast. Right. Wow, that is such a good idea. Because I feel yeah, like that would a huge help. I feel like that would really help me. Because yeah. sometimes, even when I'm not, I purposely, like, say I am listening to a song, I'll, like, try to, like, hit my cadence with the beat, but I'm like, wait, this isn't working. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. And so, like, when I first started the program, it was, like, it would have two recovery runs a week, and the program's volume wasn't very high at that point. So I was, like, not recovering during recovery runs. I was, like, running too fast and, like, trying right. to hit some numbers. But Yeah, trying to do too much at least halfway through the program almost three-fourths the volume has definitely increased and i actually like really make myself slow down on these recovery days and not make it about setting prs and just make it truly about recovery and that's been helpful so i guess it it brings me to a point that like if you're working with a coach or you're following a program follow the program as it's written, because it's if the coach knows what they're doing, it's written for a reason. It's written the way it is for a reason. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times like I will check in with a client or just see how things are going. And they're like, yeah, I've been doing a little bit more than you've asked me to. Or like, I know the reps is like 12 to 15, but I've been doing 20 or this, the rest period is three minutes, but I've been resting a minute and a half. I'm like, I didn't put those numbers there for fun. Like it's not optional. Yeah. Like it's it's specific to the goal that you have and you're going to, you know, the said principles, specific adaptation imposed demands or whatever that stands for. Like mm-hmm. you're going to get specific adaptations to the program as it's written. So don't fucking go off program. <laughs> they, <laughs> and I've had to like tell myself that when I'm running, doing this program is like, it's written the way it's written because it's setting a foundation and building you up for later phases of training. Yes, exactly. It's almost like it's written like that way for a reason and like you said like I was just thinking about this yesterday too like I don't think I don't know if my clients and anybody else knows how much work or how much thought goes behind writing programs and what like pairing like supersets this is a very simple example and like all these things how to progress a client through all um like their workout program and different phases and all of that like i don't think they they really realize all the time like how much thought goes behind that and how everything is intentional at least i can i can say between you and me we're very intentional coaches and unfortunately not everyone is that way um but we are and it's it's crazy that they ever doubt us <laughs> yeah well the, the clients that follow the program get the, obviously they get the best results. Yeah. And, you know, since I've been coaching since 2016, I have a lot more experience, a lot more to learn, but I can say confidently that as long as you follow the plan, you will get results. Like 
it's almost guaranteed that if you just follow the fucking plan that you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. But problem is like, it's the hardest part. Takes, you, you have to like gain momentum, like the snowball effect where like it starts small and then the further it rolls down the hill, the bigger it gets. Like you, you need to be bought in from the beginning, but also know that like, you're not going to see the most changes in the first few weeks, but like over time, as you build momentum and you build that snowball, you'll see compounding effects in your body in the way you feel in the way your lifestyle changes, etc. Absolutely. And I you know think I mean? the hardest part of that is the mental aspect, which is why I honestly, a lot of my, what I share on social media, I try to make it mainly mindset based because we, that's the number one thing to hold us back. It's, yeah. like, it's not that we're not physically capable. It's not that, you know, we can't implement this very simple plan X, Y, Z throughout the week, whatever, but it's your mind that's stopping you. It's your emotions that are getting in the way. And I think obviously this all brings us back to the, to the concept of consistency and how how can you be consistent it might not look like your approach might not look like your friend's approach or even your coach's approach with their own fitness journey but you yeah. really do have to find you know what is going to help you be consistent with your plan and that might be setting reminders on your phone like are you a reminder person are you a person that needs to write down physically notes on your desk are you a person that needs to like write that shit on the mirror when you wake up whatever it is are you the kind of person who needs to, you know, you need to let your roommate or your, whoever you live with, your support system know, they're like, hey, can you check in on me like tonight and make sure like I did this? Like whatever it is, there's so many different approaches, but as soon as you find the one and the right approach and the right blueprint, <laughs> you will like, results will come. And if they don't, you're not executing it properly or you're not covering yeah. all the bases and that's, yeah. It's, it's simple math. <laughs> I know we're biased, but hiring a coach True. is probably the best thing you can do because, again, no one is immune to their mind playing tricks on them. No one's immune True. to their emotions and shit like that. And having someone be able to objectively look at your program or respond to your emotional-based questions or limiting beliefs is going to help you stay on track. Like, I don't... I, you know, it's hard to really get through people's fucking thick skulls <laughs> that they need someone a couple steps further than them in their fitness journey to help them avoid these mistakes and avoid these pitfalls that so many people experience. You get, you got to think of like the most successful athletes out there, like Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Michael Phelps, like the list goes on, but all of them, all of them have one if not multiple coaches in their life. Yep. Like people getting ahead in life, people getting where they want to be in life, they have mentors. They have people that are ahead of them that they aspire to be like, that they're paying good money to because it's an aspect of accountability, but also shortcutting, shortcutting quotes and collapsing quotations. your timeline. Yes. Quote shortcut. Like yeah. you know, there's no doubt that you can figure it out on your own as long as you don't quit and it might take you 10 years. Exactly. But if you hire someone that's been there, done that, or is living the life that you want, they can drastically cut that timeline down. Yep. And it's always an exchange of energy. The, the energy is you paying them money and the energy that you get back is the energy that you would have spent by doing it your, on your own. You know what I, I mean? I love that. So like, as long as you you know, invest in yourself and expend energy 
in a way that is to make yourself better, it will always come back full circle and make you a better person. Like, you know, you can buy a car, you can buy, you know, whatever liability you want, but the money that's never wasted is the money that you spend on yourself because you learn something, you become more aware, you become educated and it's more, you know, reps of the right plan that lets you really understand what's going to move the needle forward for you. Absolutely. All, all a matter of investment. And that's why it's not like, I love talking about the difference between investing and spending. Like you said, it's an energy exchange. You're going to take that energy and you're going to, you know, it's going to be way faster than if you were to try to just trial and error by yourself or however many years. And like, we might be biased when it comes to fitness coaching, but guess what? We invested in our businesses and are here today talking to you guys because we sought out a mentor or several at this point. We've each had several business coaches and I can easily say I wouldn't be here today without them. Um, But yes. No, hard, a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people is that changing your physique is like one of the most basic fucking things in life. Like, if you don't have control of your mind and, and, and leads you to take control of your physique and your body, like you're not going to achieve much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like change your body composition is like at the top, the bottom of the totem pole because there's, you know, as the saying or the song goes, there's levels to this shit. Yeah. And tracking macros and getting to the gym consistently is like, honestly, it's like, it's elementary. Yeah. And then you have things that go way deeper, like your circadian rhythms and using like, you know, like other modalities of health and wellness that will help you get further ahead. But so many people are focused on the minors, like they're majoring in the minors, the minors being like biohacking, cold plunge, supplements, fucking blue blocking glass, all of this little shit to be healthier, but their fucking body composition is fucked. Like, all the males are worried about TRT and their testosterone getting in shape, but they don't realize they don't fucking sleep because you're 20 pounds overweight. Your aromatase is through the roof and uh, debilitating your own natural testosterone production. Yeah. Literally the best biohack is just getting into a healthy body composition. (laughs) Like literally, and it's all in their mm-hmm. control. Like the that's why like phys- changing your physique is it's is free. easy, literally free, and it's also free. <laughs> it's free. Like I mean, besides buying the food, like yeah. it's fucking free. You're spending the money on bullshit food anyway. You might as well just change the energy expenditure or change the energy exchange from shitty food to food that's going to help you. But exactly. like you know, that's a separate conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Save that for another day. But yes, absolutely. And that's, it's the very foundation. I mean, um, I also heard someone talking about this on a podcast and it was like, or no, it was, um, it was from, have you Stutz, the, uh, Netflix series where it was Jonah Hill and his, um, his psychologist and one, it was very interesting, but he was talking about this pyramid and at the very bottom, it was kind of like, um, I'm kind of forgetting the picture of it now, but the very bottom of the foundation was it was your body. And like, that is like, I mean, you can't, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup, you know, at the very least you have to have your own mental and physical health in check if you want to do anything else. But it's also yeah. the easiest because it's 
in your control. Like you might not be able to control your coworkers and what they're doing and, and that might make your work life a little bit more difficult, but at the end of the day, it's just you, yourself, your mind, your body, and that yeah. is yep. very important to master because it'll only make all aspects of your life, you'll, it'll make you stronger in all aspects of your life. Yeah, something that I've been trying to do for myself and encourage my clients is, you know, because we're talking about pouring into your own cup and, you know, taking care of number one yourself first is setting aside time in the morning before your day starts and not just waking up in a frenzy, you know, rushing out the door and getting to work. Yep. And obviously it's, it's a lot easier said than done because, you know, we like to give ourselves time and relax at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But really it's just like put it like the staying up late, waking up late is putting you further in the hole and it's putting you behind. Like really, if you could get to bed early and start the day early, like you're going to get time back in your life because you're going to pour into yourself at the beginning of the day, get your mind right, get your physiology right before you go out into the world. Like you make sure your mental and your physical is in line and, and ready to go before you go out and interact with the world. Like that's how you're gonna show up as your best self at your job or in your relationship or with others. And we both know, a lot of people know listening that the most successful people in the world have a morning routine and they're waking up at the ass crack of dawn for a reason. Yep. Like you can get eight hours from 12 to eight, but it's not the same as like nine to five or 10 to six, you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah, depending like, on when you have to wake up, absolutely. It plays into you know your circadian rhythms and waking up with the sun and all that stuff, which yeah. can be woo-woo sounding, but you know, back to our ancestors, <laughs> yeah. they were you know, going to sleep with the sun and waking up with the sun. And yeah. like, just align yourself with natural, you know, universal laws. Yes. It's gonna put you way fucking further ahead than like human laws, like man-made laws. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's true. And that's how you become like the top 1%. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's much more valuable to, and it's it's a lot harder, sure, because it's a it's just like any other habit. You have to break it. You're not used to setting aside time for yourself in the morning immediately when you wake up. I'm sure you're used to like your alarm going off, maybe snoozing once or twice, and then waking the fuck up in a frenzy, brushing your teeth, not eating yeah. breakfast like you should, and all this shit. And then, and then, yeah, maybe at the end of the day you have four hours to chill. But how did you show up? during the day was did exactly. you show up as well as you could have if you had given yourself time to you know maybe even a half an hour to just relax and like welcome the day and just not start in that high cortisol like stressful environment i think yeah. that that's only going to improve how you show up for yourself and for other people throughout the day if you were to ever you know take your blood pulse like use a blood pulse oximeter you would wake up and your oxygen levels would be at their lowest. Yeah. So you literally, you need to set aside time. You're you're like naturally not gonna wake up and just be like, like ready to fucking yeah. get your day. Like everyone is innately just like groggy, tired, yeah. a little bit negative when they wake up in the morning. And obviously yeah. it could be because they live a life that they really resent. Yeah. But also just because you need to set aside some time to, to eat. And I'm yeah. not saying like food, I'm saying like, you can go several days without food. You can yeah. go a couple of days without water, but you can't go a couple minutes without breath, without your without, Ooh, you know, breathing. True. So you start with getting oxygen, getting your mind right, getting your getting your brain oxygenated so you're awake and you're alert and you're in the, the right mental 
you know, a cutie to show up for your day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not saying wake up and be a fucking a monk and meditate for an hour before you start, but <laughs> just get up and breathe. Casually, casually get into your day rather than just waking up and being 10 out of 10 stressed, getting to work and skipping breakfast and getting the kids ready for school or, you know, whatever it is. I'm telling you, yeah. if you just wake up like half hour to an hour earlier and ease into your day so you can mentally prepare and get, get your shit straight, like, you're going to be able to attack your day with much more efficiency. Is this biohacking? <laughs> yeah. It's the original, it's the OG biohacking that they're, uh, that they can't sell because it's fucking free. Yes, exactly. And this is just, guys, I hope you guys are taking a lot away from this. And we're going to wrap it up in a second here. But <clears throat> these are just the very simple things that you can change at any moment. Like any moment in your life, free. you can look around and change free. the way you approach life and just... It's so valuable and obviously we wouldn't be sitting here talking about it for almost an hour telling you how great it is if we didn't experience the benefits ourselves. I mean, we're seriously like independently on a mission to make people feel better and to love their lives more in a body that is fu well functioning, well fed and, and with mental clarity and all of that. So um, I hope you guys jot down a couple notes and try to implement this stuff in your own life because it's only going to make you a fucking rad human being and people are going to want to be you so <laughs> that's my sales pitch right there <laughs> thanks all right charlie thank you so much for joining us today um i'm so excited to have you on i know we'll, we'll chat in the future again we're definitely we'll record another podcast yeah. together because it's so easy for us to rattle off and i think it's so valuable for people to have that inside scoop and like a different perspective um, from a couple of coaches that have been in this space for, you know, like we were talking about more than 10 years. Um, because, hey, this is you guys' shortcut. I hope you guys, you know, realize this, but we're giving you all these things that we've taken the time to learn. And it's so valuable to just be able to like, oh, maybe I should approach this differently. And you don't have to go through the next five years of trying to figure that out on your own. So take it or leave it. I hope you guys enjoyed the show and we'll see you guys soon. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it and are feeling at least 1% stronger in your fitness journey. If so, let's put that energy into action. P.S. Are you looking for a little more than 1% today? Then head over to my Instagram and feel free to send me a DM with any questions. If you're looking to invest in personalized support in your fitness journey, then go ahead and fill out the application link in the show notes. Until next time, see you guys later.